Welcome to another episode of the Stoic Creative Broadcast, where the art of living intersects with the creative process. This is where I introduce you to the great work and insights of today's leading advocates and practitioners of purposeful creation and thriving artistry. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of The Stoic Creative. Identify your purpose, develop a resilient mindset, and deliver better work to the right people. Available now on Amazon or visit thestoicreative.com to download the free chapters. Get the goodness, get guided, and get going. Let's meet today's guest. Welcome to today's broadcast of the Stoic Creative. These are 30-minute introductions to the great work of today's leading advocates on purposeful creating and thriving artistry. Our guest today is Chuck Chakrapani. Chuck, welcome to the broadcast. Please introduce yourself to our audience and share a project you're currently working on or excited about. I am, I am representing or rewriting Epictetus' discourses in plain English because so far I haven't found it. Uh, whatever I read so far, they are written uh, in either archaic English or sometimes there is, English is not archaic, but still it's somewhat difficult to follow because it's densely laid out and it is, um, uh, it's kind of, you know, difficult to read. So what I've done is I've been writing that as a blog, a plain English version of the discourses. Complete that is the first 30, uh, 30 discourses and it is published as a book called Stoic Foundation. Not the big thing because you can go to the stoicgym.com and read it for free. And so it's not a, or if you want to buy a book, it's always available on Amazon and also on all online books. Oh, fantastic. And so is, is Epictetus, was he your introduction to Stoicism? No, not really. Uh, it was Marcus um, Aurelius, because this was one of the fascinating thing is it was, as I said, I was, um, my first introduction to Stoicism was the Marcus Aurelius meditation. I just walked into a library many, many, many years ago when I was a teenager. I was very geeky, so I picked up this book called Meditation. And I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was written by a Roman emperor. I started reading it. The first thing I read, first thing that caught my uh, attention was, begin each day telling yourself, today I shall be meeting with interference, ingratitude, insolence, disloyalty, ill will, and selfishness. And I said, of course, you know, I'm a great guy, and these guys are all that. And the next sentence was a revelation for me. It said all these things happen to them because of their ignorance of what is, what, what, what is good and what's bad. This was a revelation. For me, up to that point, I always thought they were all this way because they want to offend me. They are, they are against me. But this guy said, no, it is their ignorance. So you can adequately explain it by their ignorance. And uh, this was incredible because until then, because I always thought it was personal and there's so much social support for this. Because they always want, if, if somebody says they're angry at you, you be angry and return. If somebody hits you, hit back. 
social supports are good for you. You have the right to right to be feel that way. You have the right to hit back. You are not strong like that. People will take advantage of you. Or as uh, one of the, the president of uh, the great country said, when somebody challenges you, fight back. Be brutal. Be tough. And that's what we always heard. And here he was saying, no, you don't have to. Use reason. And if somebody who is ignorant, who is doing this, how is it? How does it make sense for you to be irrational in return? So this was, and, and he concluded saying, nobody can implicate you in what is degrading. This was, this was the only thing I, I did meditation several times, but every time I went to this sentence, this passage, I stopped. And this saw me through for several years. Then I read Victor Frankl. He said, between a stimulus and response, in that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. This is it. When somebody says something and you do something, that is a short space. And what you choose to do decides whether you're going to be free, whether you're going to grow. That was my first introduction to stoicism. And I didn't even know what stoicism was. I didn't care. And that's it. Many years went by. Then I came across Epictetus and the handbook. Some things are in our control, others are not. And then it went on to describe what's in your control. In fact, it said nothing else, nothing is in our control except what you think. Once again, this was hard to take. This kind of doesn't make any sense. What do you mean that my body is not under my control? When you are young, you eat right and you exercise, the body responds. If you don't, it doesn't. It didn't make sense either. But then after a while, I realized that no matter how many pills you swallow, no matter how much you do, eventually you get ill, you fall ill, and you die. That was the second one. Many, many years ago, I got the third one. Nothing outside of you is good or bad. This was a really tough one. What if a terrorist blows up a thousand people? That's not bad. If an innocent woman is raped, that's not bad. What does it mean by nothing outside of you is good or bad? And that was the tough one. It took me a long time before I realized everything outside of you is reality. And nobody has ever won fighting against reality, nobody. So it cannot be good or bad. What is good, we react and be good or bad. So these three things are almost 10 years. I know nothing about stoicism except the past. And they saw me through. And over, the, over, over 30 years, and I kept going back to stoicism. And that is my introduction to stoicism. That's how I started, and that's how I stayed. And until last year. Last year, for some reason, they all came together. I was holidaying in Morocco. And they turned to my companion for no reason, and I said, I'm going to write a book on stoicism. He said, what is stoicism? <laughs> I thought everybody knew about it. <laughs> um, anyway, I just came back and uh, I don't know my desk on four weeks I wrote a book. It's called Unshakable Freedom. And that book was very well received by many people. I was really surprised that it was so well received. 
at that time, I wasn't even uh, aware of the Stoic community. For example, I didn't know what Stoicon was. That was only a year ago. And then I saw somewhere, there was this Stoicon in New York. Stoicon. I thought, is it like Comic-Con? What do you, you go, do you dress yourself like Marcus or this and go or what? <laughs> I wasn't sure what I should do. <laughs> did, did you dress up? I was not quite <laughs> sure, you know. Maybe I thought I should take a mask and if everybody is coming with a mask, I should put it on too. I don't know. <laughs> I took a chance anyway. Oh, I'm glad that you did. And and um, you'll, of course, be speaking at Stoicon this year. Before we talk about that, I just, the way that you were talking about your introduction to um, Stoicism and through the work of Marcus Aurelius, which was actually also the way that I was introduced to it as a young person in the seventh grade when my Latin uh, teacher presented me with a copy of Marcus Aurelius. Mm -hmm. And it just occurred to me as you were speaking that I never really, um, I don't think I ever actually understood it as Stoic philosophy. I just really, the, the words that Marcus was writing to himself resonated in large part because of just what you were saying that very short almost maxim like aphorisms you know one or two sentences could make you think for days weeks months years um you know contemplating really deep subjects that were very very simply um put forward so i appreciate your your beautiful description of that I, it's it, it just helped me connect some dots <laughs> in my childhood um so what what is your uh, you will be presenting at stoicon what is your presentation or your your talk at stoicon going to be okay stoicon is going to be stoic minimalism by stoic minimalism i mean because if, if i've been reading this um stoic website it really makes seem to make it more complicated than it need be. Like I'm saying, these three, I told you, I don't see principles that I read that struck me the first 10 years. And if I had died without knowing anything more about Stoicism, my life would have been richer. But having known just those three principles, those three things, nothing, I don't know anything about Stoicism, um, just those three. I am bothered so much and get all this nonsense. I wouldn't say nonsense, but basically it's kind of baggage. This, yes, no, this, yes, no. You don't have to know anything. If you want to know, no. I mean, I, I want to know, so I'm reading. But if you know, something are interesting, something is not, don't worry about things or not, there's nothing. Your life will be so much better. So I'm just saying, white minimalism is essentially saying, don't worry about it. As last Stoikon I was there, there was a vigorous debate and one of the breakout sessions. We have to believe in God. That's what Epictetus says. Not that, that's what Epictetus says. If you read Epictetus, is almost 10 to 15 percent of all his discourses have to do with God. And the God he describes is very much like the God of the New Testament. Mm -hmm. If you really understand this philosophy, they were really equating this, they are pantheists, they are equating nature with God. It is not particularly, if you want to understand, you can go and understand all that. But you don't have to believe in anything. You know, if you, it, it, it's a rational philosophy. If you can, because many people who are not, who don't call themselves Stoics, don't know anything about Stoics, have come to the same conclusion. 
So it's not a um, minimalism, it's really understanding. Yes, if you want to study, study. Actually, as last night, I get this uh, message from on my Facebook, uh, somebody from Australia, she says, well, the more I read it, the more I get confused. It's heavy. I don't think I can practice all this. But you don't have to. Take in Caribbean. It's a pretty short book. Read it, and whatever resonates, that's good enough. Until you are ready to read this process or whatever. I mean, that is stoic minimalism. Don't if, if you're not ready for it, don't even worry about it. No, you don't have to believe in God. You don't have to believe in anything. Not, I don't, I'm not asking you not to believe. I'm just saying you don't have to depend on it. Start with it, whatever resonates with you. When I, when I first read Marcus Aurelius, that resonated with me. That was good enough for me. Okay. And that, that has had the effect of, I won't say changing my life, but definitely made me, um, made my life richer. That's fantastic. So I, you can see it behind me. I have my sign, less is more. So I'm, I'm, I'm all, all in on the minimalism train, trying anyways, trying. Um, uh, so that's, uh, I, well, I, I will be in attendance at Stokon and I'm looking forward to hearing your address and, and uh, hope I get a chance to, to share it again. And thank you for not only appearing here, but for all the work that you're doing. Um, the, uh, the, 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 the event, uh, Stokon event, is followed up by a Stokon X event. And did I see your name appear on yes. that event as well? Is it yes. the same talk or is it a different talk there? It's, it's a different talk. This is mostly uh, based on my book, Unshakable Freedom. It is how to use stoicism to achieve freedom. Because if you look at um, Epictetus work, it's essentially about freedom. Because if, if you see, I mean, there is, if you look at, Maybe because he started as um, as a slave. It's you know it, it, it's the same philosophy that applies to freedom or tranquility or anything. It's not any other philosophy. But you will see all his examples and trust is about freedom. So when I started writing about that, first thing that came to me was unshakable freedom. How does one achieve it in day to day life? It's, it's not you know I never thought of writing for anything. What experts on stoicism? My friends, you don't know anything about stoicism, but what does stoicism say? How we can do it without giving up your life, without spending a lot of time studying, without even practicing? What do you, what do, you do? And uh, that is my thrust. That is, this would be what I want to write for people who don't know anything about stoicism or struggling with life. What do you do? How, how to be free? Yeah, because most of most of us freedom. It's not an actuality. It is. It, it is a concept. We just think it's not achievable. Either you have when you have a choice, it's between two unattractive things. How many of us choose things that always enrich our life? How much of us are at ease with ourselves? And this is about saying, how does Stoic principles help you to be at at ease, at ease with yourself? How to choose between two positive things than between two negative things? So it's a different, uh, different thrust. And you, I'm going to come back to something that you said earlier that I'd kind of stuck a pin in, and that was you talked about how 
many, many people, and, and, and indeed there are other um, philosophical disciplines and spiritual disciplines that sound very much like Stoicism, mm -hmm. that, that, um, you know, that, that come to similar conclusions or have similar psychological or yeah. ethical practices that help you become a better person, cultivate your virtue. Mm -hmm behave uh, properly in, in a social context. It's interesting, I just, I just published um, my very first book, which is really a handbook um, on my birthday just last Sunday. And um, that event came about because I was working in a, uh, doing an online workshop with Seth Godin, who commented on my project, which is called The Create the Stove, the, the, the Stoic, what is, now I can't remember the name of my book, The Creative Stoic Handbook. Yeah. Um, and he, he was challenging me that, you know, putting Stoic in the title of my book was really setting up some kind of obstacles um, for entry for people to kind of come to my book because the common usage of Stoic um, does not have a very good connotation. It's the stiff upper lip and kind of grim endurance of, of bad events. Um, and I purposefully put it in there really as a challenge to myself to, uh, cause there are many books, Ryan Holiday talks about how he doesn't really overtly talk about stoicism and the obstacles where ego is the enemy because he doesn't want to create that barrier, um, that might prevent people from coming to his work. He's providing the lessons of stoicism with, without overtly talking about it. And I wanted to see if I could flip that and do just the opposite, um, but, uh, you know, that as, as I was talking with Seth about my project and as I was listening to all of his lessons and I've been following him for a long time and have taken many courses, I kept asking him if he was a stoic student because so much of what he says really sounds just like it's coming out of Marcus Aurelius or Epictetus um, so very often. So um, uh, are there... Do you, have you investigated at all the similar similarities between Stoicism um, and other uh, spiritual or philosophical yeah. disciplines and, and which, where yeah. do you see the intersections or overlaps? Well, uh, Buddhism is basically really ident identical to uh, Stoicism because I practiced Buddhism for a long time. So it's not, so I, I don't find any major differences in the way they diagnose why you are unhappy and how to be happy. Where, it is, where they differ, uh, if, you, if you take out all the, what you call the terminology and the practices, you know, you have to, you have to get rid of it. What they say is exactly the same. That is, you are, you are unhappy. Buddhism says because things change, which is the same as saying, and you want, to remain, want it to remain the same which isn't very different from what Stoic saying, things are not in our control, you want them to be under control. It's the same thing. So essentially what they say is pretty much the same. The reason why, in spite of the fact that I practiced Buddhism for a long time, I got out was not, not got out, but why I really prefer Stoicism is, one of the toughest things I do is to, that I, that, that I find it very hard to meditate. I find it very hard to sit in a place. <laughs> I, I'd rather think, okay, this is not under my control. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> you know, so I find it uh, too hard. Oh, even even stoic meditation, you still think. Whereas in um, in Buddhist meditation, you sit and 
made whatever happens happen. For me, that is, for some reason, it's a psychological thing. So I find it's pretty identical in, in many other ways. I don't have to leave anything new or give up anything that I believed before. So it's pretty much, and Buddhism is totally agnostic. Whereas um, this one is pantheistic, but it doesn't matter because I, as far as I'm concerned, I'm a stoic minimalist anyway. So it doesn't matter what they believe. So that is very identical. And uh, I also found echoes of it in Hinduism. It's all the sacred books. It, it, it's, but it is not quite clear whether they the Buddhism off or not. I don't know. But you also find that. And, uh, and the thing, it's not only in tradition, people, if I look at one of the things that I quote in my unshakable freedom, it's Malala Yousafzai. was at 15, she was interviewed, I think in Daily Show or something, I don't remember exactly. And why she says was exactly what Marcus Aurelius said in many, almost, well, she couldn't have read those things because she was struggling to read a textbook. So she couldn't have read these things, but the way she said, because you come to the same conclusion, eventually, if you think about it. So there are not only in many religious tradition, of course, uh, Christianity also has, but Christianity, as I understand it, they adopted some of the principles to the extent that is compatible with Christianity. So, yeah, but definitely there is a, a great parallel between Buddhism. There's definitely some evidence that um, Christianity absorbed a lot of Stoic ideas. And in fact, um, I, I have read that the handbook was the required reading of monks, uh, but they just switched out Zeus and, and the divine and Logos and Providence and put in God and uh, yeah. Jesus. Um, and the subject has come up several times um, on the, the, the Stoic Creative Facebook page and in the private members only group. Of the, of the the similarities between Buddhism and Stoicism, and uh, I, I had the exact same experience. I tried. I, I've been. I, I had tried from a very early age, at my late teens, to practice Buddhist meditation. Um, my wife does still practice Buddhist meditation. It was something we tried to do together, but it drove me absolutely nuts. It felt so <laughs> unnatural. And then so when I kind of returned to my uh, love, my, my childhood interest and love of Stoicism and started to recognize the mindfulness practices that were inherent in Stoicism, it just felt so much more natural. Um, and, um, you know, it's not so much, not, not the idea of sitting down and trying to empty your mind, but being okay, you know, when the thought, <laughs> when thoughts creep in and trying to let them go. But of actually bringing your mind to bear on the situations and the moments that you find yourself in so that you can maintain your tranquility, equanimity, and cultivate reasonable and socially just decisions, uh, you know, and it's just, and I, I wonder sometimes if the reason why stoicism is perhaps finding so much appeal in the United States and the UK is because we are kind of coming from that same Western tradition that's, that gave birth to stoicism. It's possible. It's also possible that some people are suited that way, suited to certain things, because Buddhism also has been very, very popular. I've seen people say, meditation is a great thing. 
So for them, it, it could be just pure personality, how you are made. For me, I'm too analytical, so I just sit there and say, I find it difficult to watch, just easier to think. So it could be, it could be the cultural thing, or it could very well be. Some people are like just sitting, other people don't. It is interesting that people that have been exposed to both Stoicism and Buddhism do seem to fall on one side or the other. I mean, I think most of us appreciate the value of both traditions, but we, we tend to kind of attach ourselves to one or the other in terms of our practice. But we're, we're wrapping, uh, we're coming up on the end of our half hour together, Chuck, and it's been a fantastic conversation. And I thank you so much for for joining us. I can't wait to um, hear your, I'll, I'll be at both Stoicon and Stoicon X, so I'll be sure to attend both of your talks and I look forward to okay. diving in a little bit deeper. Please um, share with our, our viewers a place where they can connect with you outside of the Stoic Creative Facebook page. Where can people um, read your blog and where can people connect with um, your writings and your books and, and your other resources? Uh, the Stoic Gym. The Stoic Gym is one word, the stoicgym.com. And there you can read all my blogs. You can, uh, you'll see what my, the books I've been writing or I've written. And uh, that's probably the best place. And um, if you visit the pay office, you can look at all my blogs. And if you don't like it, the pay office, you don't have to come back. <laughs> And I know that you're, you have several things up on the Modern Stoicism blog as well. And, um, and I just found today your Facebook page, The Stoic Gym. Uh, and and we, if, if people are watching that, that are members or uh, sub, uh, following the Stoic Creative site, you've seen Chuck's work here many times. I've, I've attached um, links to your, your blog posts here several times. And I've downloaded the copy of um, Unshakable Freedom. Uh, which I'm going to just tell everybody you should really go out and find and read. It is a fantastic, very modern um, look at the value of uh, a stoic approach and stoic practice um, being incorporated into your daily life. So Chuck Chakrapani, thank you so much for uh, joining me today and for all of your great work. It is really, really important. It has been uh, very impactful uh, and, and significant in my own thinking and my own uh, living with Stoic uh, philosophy and principles and practices. So thanks for all the great work that you do and, and thank you so much um, for being here. Thank you, Scott. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, thanks for tuning in. And remember that the wisdom that Chuck just shared is useless until you use it. So if you're still with us, we appreciate your time and attention. If you'd like to help ensure the continued development and delivery of this broadcast, please visit thestoiccreative.com. Go to the upper right-hand corner and click on the Fuel tab and decide what to do next. Now, go out there and share your best work with those that need it. We'll see you on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time with our final guest in the Meet the Modern Stoic series. That is Walter Mychuk. We'll take care, everybody. We'll see you again really soon. Did you enjoy this episode of The Stoic Creative? Well, then help me spread the goodness and leave a five-star review on iTunes. Tell a friend about the podcast or email me at scott at the store creative and tell me what you think or who I should have on next. It's always great to hear from you. 
Remember, you can access all the video versions of these interviews at thestoiccreative.com. While you're there, grab the free chapters of my book, The Stoic Creative. Identify your purpose, develop your resilience, and deliver better work to the right people. Thanks a lot for tuning in and for your support and participation. We'll see you next time. Fate permitting. Thank you.